Meanwhile, in the Starlight Citadel, in Otherworld. She is Opaluna Saturnine, Omniversal Magistrix, the rightful ruler of Otherworld, the white light of both fair and foul kingdoms, and the eternal seat of the Starlight Citadel who in her dominion had won everything she had ever needed, but not the one thing she truly wanted. Oh, hello, Saturnine. Uh, it's Brian. me. It's Brian Braddock. Brian, and I'm come back. naked. Oh, Brian. Brian, you do Ch- love me after all. Tell me you love me. I do love you. Touch my bum. Oh, oh okay. Oh, it's so firm. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. God. Uh, yes. Would you like a spot uh, of tea? Oh yes. Oh please, I oh, put them in oh, my mouth. Oh yes, I dip my balls in your mouth. Oh, yes. oh, oh, it's, uh, oh I yum. love you so much. Oh, the delicious. Mm. Stroke. Ah. Uh, stroke wait, me. Wait, I'm trying to stroke you, but you're you're not oh, tangible. No, it, your hand is going through my, uh, my proper. No. Oh, it's oh, I'm not... so sorry. I'm not real. Oh, Goodbye. no. It's... Oh, damn I don't it. love you. Oh, it's all in my head, that bitch Megan. Oh. Long may she reign. Oh, fuck you, narrator. Welcome to episode 158 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Uh, We have a lot to talk about because our favorite crossover event, Ten of Swords, has come to an end. We're going to talk about that and so much more. And by we, I mean me and my co-host, Evil Jeff. Hi, Evil Jeff. Hello. Evil Jeff, how was your Thanksgiving It's good, and I apologize for people. If you're hearing this, you also, the last episode came out late, and I just want to apologize, but it was Thanksgiving. Cut me some slack. I mean, goddammit. It was good. I cooked a whole entire meal, um, probably for about 15 people, but just for me and my boyfriend. Oh, (laughs) yeah, same. And I had so much food left over, I ended up making doggy bags and delivering them out to my friends. And they're like, this is so sweet. And I'm like, that's so nice. Literally, this food would go bad. (laughs) It's like, you throw it away. I literally just made too much food. So please take this away from me. Yeah. I just cooked for me and my husband. And um, it was my first Thanksgiving away from family, like mom and sister and all that, which wasn't that bad. But I made five new recipes at once. Mm. Like all from, I just. Any failures? No, one, I had to reduce the um, uh, ingredient sizes because it was like, this serves eight. And I'm like, well, we're two. And I think I got the ratios wrong. So that one was, it was the green bean casserole. It was a little weird. Everything else turned out great. I I cooked my first turkey and it was great. I got all my recipes from, I subscribed to the cooking channel at the New York Times. So I got all my recipes from there. Not that Allison, what's her name? Yeah. Well, she's one of them. There's like multiple I hate her. She puts too much olive oil in everything. Oh my God. So do I. Well, I have a problem with her. <laughs> I love olive oil. I'm like made of olive oil, basically. It's just, there's a point where it's, it's just too greasy. 
Oh my God, it's good for you. Did you? It's but you made a fats. whole turkey, or did you just get a turkey breast? I made a whole damn turkey. I made a so, whole damn turkey too. Oh my God, did you dry brine it? Uh, well, my thing is, I cut it apart first, raw. Oh, I cut it into pieces, dry brine that. I take the carcass, and Ew. then I make stock with that. And Ooh, then make the gravy. Good. And then from that stock, I make the great. And then because I roast it, I roast the carcass with vegetables, make the stock uh-huh. out of that, and then make the gravy. So the gravy is ready. The <gasps> before. Oh, that's amazing. And the whole cur- turkey cooks in like an hour because you're cooking. Amazing because it it's in pieces. Yeah. So that's the way it's I incredible. do it from now on. I rubbed my carcass whole. With salt and pepper and lemon zest, mm-hmm. and um, I do that, but just, I do brown sugar in addition to the salt. And ooh, pepper. and I put uh, rosemary, sage, and thyme like all over the fucker and like up in the fucker, and let that sit in my fridge for twenty four hours. Um, and then I took all that shit out and I stuffed it with onions and lemons. Right. Uh, rubbed it with olive oil and Yum. fucking put that put that shit in there and ate it after it was done. Lovely. I yeah. love turkey. People don't like turkey, and I they usually—I think that's probably—it's mostly because they've just had a dry, bad turkey. But if yeah. you eat a turkey that was cooked right, it's fucking mm, delicious. It's delicious. I also make stuffing muffins where I make stuffing, but I put it in cupcake and the cu- I cook it in cupcake. Holders, oh my god! So they're basically uh, a muffin form. Delicious. Stuffing muffin. Hey, stuffing muffin. Anyway, I've probably you should gained sell twenty that. pounds. <laughs> No, I yeah, just oh, saw oh, like oh, a I fucking so fucking fat. Some BuzzFeed article just did one of it. And I'm like, I've been doing that for ten years. You stole my idea. Evil you, Jeff BuzzFeed. stuffing muffins. Ah, uh, um, but yeah, I'm fat. So the diet starts on Monday. Yay! Boo! Boo! <laughs> did you make desserts? Um, Jeff made a pumpkin pie and homemade whipped cream. I made a pumpkin pie, an apple pie, and a cranberry curd meringue pie. Fuck. Yeah, and I made cookies, so I'm in trouble. Oh, my God. <laughs> my favorite thing that I made was a cranberry relish with uh, jalapeno oh. and ginger. Oh, mm. yum. Yeah. So are you, do you, how do you feel about the people that just want the canned glue, like the, it's the like, shape? It's like such a, a guilty pleasure. Like, part, yeah. it's like, it's so kitschy that it's like shaped like the can. Like, it's a, I, I'm fine with it. I don't like it. It's an American tradition. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's crap, but. But Thanksgiving over, it's now time for Christmas. And on my Christmas lish, lish, list is good X-Men stories. Yes. And I think we're going to get some. I think we are too. Because X of Swords or Ten of Swords, Jesus. Ten of Swords has has really, uh, it's really, um set up a lot of stuff and in addition at night before i go to bed i finally bought for myself the hard copy of house of x and powers of 10 nice and i've been reading them at night and it is interesting seeing how much of ten of swords was foretold in these beginning issues like with all of the whole entire Arako and and his children and you know the, the the original horsemen, it's all planted there. And tarot, tarot, tarot cards. Yes, it's all yeah, in the beginning. They're ready and waiting. Um, what did you? Let's start with uh, X X Men. 
Hit it. I want your ass. Um, yeah, okay, so let's talk about the final three chapters of Ten of Swords. We have uh, X-Men, number 15, Excalibur, number 15, and Ten of Swords, Destruction, number one. And I have to say, I feel like that was a misnomer, but all right. Yeah, destruction of what? Nothing. Nothing was really destroyed. The crossover, because it's over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So X-Men, one long fight. Excalibur, checking in on people during a big battle. Destruction, the big battle. And the aftermath. So here's my first question. Is the the fight between Genesis and Apocalypse, she was just kind of like, and I won. I was like, no, you didn't. He's not dead. (laughs) I was just kind of, she's like, and we won. I was like, based on what? Yeah, she's like Trump. Yeah, she's like, and now we're the winners and we're going to do... I'm like, uh, no. he's still alive. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, okay, you're just... Ah-ja! And he like stabbed her real hard. Yeah. And he's like, now I'm a winner. Yeah. And Saturnine gives the point to Krakoa. Krakoa wins. End of crossover. Boom. No, wait, there's more. Yeah. She puts on that helmet and goes batshit crazy. Yeah, so he fights Genesis, his ex or his wife... Um, without her annihilation helmet on, so then after he wins, she's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh," puts the annihilation helmet on, goes full annihilation with her black speech bubbles and everything. Yeah, and then um, and then a big, 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 big fight breaks out between everybody. Yeah, because that was the one thing is they're kind of like, and now we've won, and I'm like, it's still not over. It's not over. But I think at that point they were like, fuck it, we don't give a shit what Saturnine says. We're just gonna, we're gonna take over no matter what. So in addition to X Men focusing on the fight between Apocalypse and Genesis, which was riveting, what I found slightly more riveting was the interactions among the Quiet Council with uh, uh, Scott. Um, and it dips, like it, it, it hits upon something that I never, like I've always had in the back of my mind, but I never thought would be explicitly talked about the state of the X-Men. Yes. Yes. Apparently there isn't, there are no (laughs) X-Men. When Krakoa started, they, they pretty much disbanded the idea of the X-Men because they're like, well, we're all here now. And everyone's going to pitch in on defending the place. The Marauders are out there getting new mutants. So are the new mutants. So we don't, we don't really need the X-Men. In fact, our X-Men title is more of an anthology series. <laughs> <laughs> but they um, did, but in, the, but in one of the uh, pop-up or, you know, infograph things, they did understand that the world at large is still always going to refer to them as the X-Men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but also Cyclops in his head still is like, I'm still an X-Man, so fuck you. Yeah, Cyclops basically was like, look, I know there's no X-Men, but there are. And the X-Men are the heroes, the champions of this island. And as the heroes, we're going to get our people. I loved uh, Xavier smiling um, and Magneto saying good boy. Yeah, that's and that's the weird thing down. is you see they have their, their, it's there's a part where I'm just like, do they know what's going on? And I think they do know what's going on. And I honestly, the other thing I realized is um, 
about uh, Sinister. Why did Sinister go, why was Sinister so hell-bent on getting all of that DNA and not caring about the Ten of Swords event? You want to know why? Because Xavier implanted in his brain in Ten of Swords that he had to collect every mutant's DNA no matter what. Yes. Ooh, good point. Good connection. And I'm reading that. I was like, this is Xavier's doing. All this shit Sinister's doing is because Xavier fucking put it in his head. And I've now realized that all of this stuff Sinister's doing, thinking that he's doing it behind Xavier's back, Xavier, Magneto, and Moira know everything. They're like, we're letting you do this. And this is what I think is going on. They know everything and i love they it. know about where like they know about the chimeras they know yeah. about sinister's betrayal exactly so all the shit he's doing they're like bitch we know you are doing it, all of this that's and incredible we, that and the you're... problem is is we need it and we might need it that's why we're letting you do yeah. it that's in, so you're rereading house of x powers of 10 because you bought the yes. hardcover recently So it's really uh, cool to look at Ten of Swords through the filter of being reminded about those details of the from the original stories. Exactly. And that's why I find it interesting with like, if you take a look, though, the Quiet Council has now lost Apocalypse. And it has lost um, Jean Jean Grey. Have you lost anybody else? No, just those two. Because they agree, if you're going to Otherworld, you're off the council. Because if you die and we resurrect you, it's not you. So, like, to avoid that whole mess of this other you but sitting on the council. But that doesn't count towards Storm, though, right? Since she was already gone? Since she was already, yeah, exactly. I think it's, I, like, voluntary. Maybe they lost Storm, too, although I don't think so. Well, I don't think so, because at that point, they're like, oh. She na- didn't die. She was forced to go. These are people yeah. that are volunteering to go. Yeah. So and I do like that, your that Kitty Pride was like, I'm going to go. And they're like, bitch, you can't even go through a gate. I <laughs> uh, you know. And, ooh, and I love the after the Kitty Emma. Scott exchange, the Emma, that Emma and Scott are, are still communicating intimately yes. via telepathy. Yes. Love that. Um, like, just the whole Scott, Gene, Emma dynamic. Like, Scott and Gene are at their most, like, Scott and Jean right now, like we're in love and we're going to go save the world, you know, like kind of the, the, their naive romantic relationship. And Emma is witnessing all this, but she's totally cool. Like, she's just like, all right, so do you want me to go too, darling? Okay. Well, I'm just going to send the girls. And like, like, it's just so great that everyone gets along. I think they finally realize that it's just like, each other. yeah, it's just kind of like, We don't have to follow these stupid heteronormative human marriage tropes. We all love each other. And so we're just going to fuck. It's like polyamory rules, rules. It takes center stage in the world of Krakoa. Although, I mean, I could never do that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Polyamory is a step too far for me. Uh, I understand an open relationship. But having to be in love with more people, yeah, that I'm not a good multitasker. Much, that's no. too much work. Too much. That's too much work. <laughs> oh my god! Think about holidays when you have to buy gifts. Oh, for like forget Christmas. it. Oh, forget you're it. Get broke. Forget it. But you know, you X Men, you go for it. <laughs> so this X Men moment, um, I tweeted: the X Men are so defiant that 
they'll even defy themselves if it's the right thing to do. I just love that they were like, yeah, there's no X-Men anymore. And Scott was like, we're the fucking X-Men. And Xavier's like, you're damn right, we're the X-Men. But <laughs> here's the question. So Does good. that mean that Cyclops is no longer the captain? Oh, no, I think he's still the captain. But if you also, we've also lost a captain in Gorgon. So this we've is the thing that's interesting. We have a lot is, of replacements. Um, who do you think is going to replace um, the Quiet Council members? Okay. I, so this is, I, I have a theory. Can I tell my theory before yours? Sure, thing. of course. And I feel like I know this is too good to be true, but I kind of want Moira to come out. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> and she's like, the dude. Um, yeah. She's on the Quiet Council. But who, who yeah. do you think? Well, I actually think a great replacement for Gene would be Danny Moonstar. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. For a lot of reasons, which are all popping in your head right now. And I think that you should replace Apocalypse with an Iraqi. Right. But isn't the only Iraqi... Oh, is it all of the... Um... I guess that's the thing, is their whole entire island of Iraqi oh. mutants are going to showing up? They've just doubled the cast, <laughs> like... There but are now many more mutants on this but, island. But that's the thing. But then, and so the Dryad door, is it Dryad's door? Dryad door? Dryad door, is it now called Amenth? No. Uh, the other world. I don't know. It's, they but lost that's it, where, so it's but who, back to Dryad But that's door. what I mean. Like, so, like, Iska the Unbeaten, is she in the other world Amenth Tower, or is she on that island and now on Earth? She's on Krakoa. They're all on Krakoa except for Apocalypse, Genesis, and the Four Horsemen. Okay, so that's okay. So just those four. Oh, then I feel it would be Iska. Yeah, Iska would be great. I would love Bay, the Blood Moon. I'd love Ducky's wife. Bay is too busy. Is that a conflict she's, of interests? She's too busy. Um, yeah, she no, she's literally going to just be. She's probably just going to be sitting on Krakoa with Cipher on her lap. At the Quiet Council meeting. So she's not going to be on the council. I think it's going to be Iska. I think it has to be Iska. Unless Solemn tries to, like, make a play for it or something. Yeah. But it should be one of them. Do you know who the Iraqi reminds me of? What? Um, The back half of the plain people from Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's brilliant. We've now hit the point where Anna Lucia and Libby and Dr. Echo, Mr. Echo. (laughs) They've all joined. Oh my God, that's brilliant! I mean, they're essentially the back half of the island, right? They oh, Libby, talk about <laughs> a character like that, that was Libby. Her character was done dirty. Oh well, she like she got arrested for drunk driving, and they wrote her off the show. Oh, is that why she got killed yeah. like that? Yeah. Oh Jesus! They killed off the entire back half of the plane, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? We hardly knew ye. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the ultimate outcome of destruction is balance has been restored to Otherworld. You've got uh, the Iraqi, Iraqo joining with Krakoa. So and is the, there going to be well, an let's issue explain, where, like, let's they explain have sex and that, join? But, <laughs> I hope so. But let's explain how that happened. Yes. Because in the battle... Um, Apocalypse wins by putting the Annihilation Helmet on and overtaking its, its and doesn't submit and actually, um, he doesn't submit to Annihilation, but instead submits to Saturnine. 
and it basically oh, renders yeah. him powerless and then she turns him into like a feather what the fuck did she turn him into a spear She's like, oh a spear I was, she was like let me just turn you into something really gay looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah she turns the helmet um of annihilation into a spear so the essence the 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 sentience of annihilation the god is still in the spear but but now he's fabulous. Not as now he's fabulous and like doesn't want to control people. And um, and this, yeah, and they have to exchange ahead. people. Well, it, Apoc- I wanted to hit upon yeah. in Excalibur. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to hit upon the Captain Britain Corps. Oh, of course, yes. Moment, of course, because it's something that Brett. <laughs> because Brett I've been saying this the whole it. time. He called yeah, it. I mean, it was pretty clear that they were setting up a new Captain Britain Corps, and that was a big part of this. Um, which they do. So it turns out that Saturnine broke Betsy apart because she needed those pieces to cast what is called the love spell. Which means she didn't uh, really lose the, she did really lose that tournament. Right. It was Saturnine's meddling. Um, so she was doing it to basically in her warped, rose-colored mind make Brian Captain Britain again. This is a spell that's supposed to bring you your one true heart's desire or your, you know, your, your, your true, your heart's true protector. Yeah. So Saturnine is like, well, if this is a spell to bring my heart's true protector, obviously that's Brian. So here we go. Um, so she does the spell made out of Betsy's pieces. She puts the pieces together. The pieces are supposed to reveal who your heart's true protector is, and it reveals a picture of Betsy Braddock. And in that moment... She's like, shit, I'm a lesbian? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mother is going to be very upset. Yeah, it turns out she it's still Betsy. And so she's still Betsy Because her spell kind of backfired on her. And the spell kind of activates a new core, which, much like the the original Alan Moore core, has some animals on it. Which that's for me. We, if we don't get a solo series of Goose Betsy, I oh don't know God, what we're violet, doing in this world. The Violet Swan. The Violet Swan. <laughs> yes. Come on. So they're all takes on Betsy Braddock, which is amazing. And in fact, there's a data page in Destruction that lists the different Captain's Britain um, of the different realities, all variations of Betsy Braddock. Love it. Yay, Betsy. And she's missing. But that's the problem is all those Betsy's came back, but they still don't know where she but is. And that looks Betsy, like... Betsy, Betsy. And it looks like that's what the new Excalibur issues are going to be about, is the that team Betsy. is... good. It's the hunt for Betsy. Yeah. Great. So are they going to have to like traverse other worlds looking for Betsy? Yes, please. Yes, of course. Are they going to hook up with that really cool, what's her name? Gia Whitecastle? That sheriff? (gasps) Yes. Yes, Love that bitch. If Excalibur is them just going and searching for her in all the different realms. Yes. That's going to be great. It's going to be great. My one qualm with this is then Apocalypse. One One thing? As Apocalypse, he makes the trade of I will go live with them, but the whole island of Araco has to live on Earth. So my one thing is you basically that is so there's so many new characters. It's in a very it's very uh 
the X-Men has so many outstanding things going on that I am worried that there's just too many plots happening. So I'm just concerned with things getting messy. So Hickman, and I'm always scared Hickman's just going to quit and then it's just going to turn to shit. And yeah. Well, I love a mess. <laughs> I love a good mess. Bring it on. Um. Yeah. So uh, where does the, how do you feel about this? Did it stick the landing? I think it really did. We, when we saw the mini games, the Laugh Olympics happening, I feel like part of the reason there was like this kind of knee jerk reaction against it is because it delivered the, it was delivering the opposite of what we had come to expect and hope for in this story, which is these like these moments of gravitas, these moments of pure heroism, these big, heavy fuck yeah moments that make you tear up. Um, and instead, you know, we're getting puzzles and, and boulders, but I feel that these last few issues delivered that feeling. Yes. Um, just that feeling of epicness and of, and of valor. Uh, it's, it was really something. So I applaud it. Um, destruct tennis swords destruction was certainly one of the, my favorite single issues of a comic book in 20. This run, I will compare this to Carrie Strug in the 1996 Olympics. (laughs) Where on the first, on the first vault jump, she sprains and fucks up her leg. She fucks it up. But then in the very last one, even all fucked with that fucked up leg, she sticks the landing and wins the gold. I think they stuck the landing in it. I really liked it. Um, what was Carrie Strug's? Uh, uh, oh, Bella Car- Bella Caroli. Bella Caroli. Um, <laughs> like I feel like like the issue where that had all the mini games was like, oh my god, she hurt her foot, and then Hellions, <laughs> Hellions came, and Hellions was the Bella, the Bella Caroli that lifted her up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, ah. But yeah, destruction was it was and like to have Pepe Larraz draw this talk about oh, House of, of X feelings. Um, and I really liked that the 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 tenth sword wound up being Sword's headquarters. Yes, and, yes, uh, but and then that also, played a key role in saving the, everyone. What was the fucking Cerebro sword? Yeah, I guess that was just a red herring. <laughs> Communism is just a red herring. <laughs> um, Storm's Although I will have say some issues with which is going to have issues yeah. with what with Wakanda. They're all pissed at her. Oh, they're all super pissed at her. Yeah. Well, whatever. She's like, whatever. I brought it back. What? I Like, I brought it back. I put it right where it was. It's even cleaner now the thing than it was when I found it. The thing interesting, though, is did you remember when they said how it might take some people, it might take extremely long for them to regain their powers? I wonder if there's going to be a new thing where she still doesn't have her powers fully back. Oh, please. I hope not. No, she has her powers. Does she? Oh, yeah, yeah. She yeah, she fights lightning. the whole army. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With she one, it's her okay. against that whole army. She's oh, awesome. Right. Yeah. I also, my thing is, is there's so many things I'm like, yes, let's get going. We're going to pick up back on these stories. We're going to like get to the, we're going to get to nitty gritty. But then the symbiote thing's going to come and ruin all of it. But that's not going to be in these books. Oh, it'll just be separate ones. I think so, because okay, I know, good. like, we saw the X-Men on a cover. That's actually a cover to the main book. That's like a cover to King in Black, number three. Okay, good, because I, there's too many stories, and I don't have time yeah, for I don't want to be Black sidetracked Yeah, all over. Mm-mm. I don't want to be fucking sidetracked. No, I want the juice. Um, what did you think of the event overall? Um, I loved it. I thought it started out so strong. 
then it lost me a little and then it just came back with a vengeance so i'm really yeah. i'm really happy with it i i also oh here's another thing is what do th there was like a million other summoners that looked like the summoner yeah are they different people or are they clones of the summoner well, there was a data page early on in x-men that was like there are three classes of summoner like one has one stroke on their body, one has two strokes on their body, and our summoner um, has three strokes, meaning like what level they are. But I guess why do I thought you could be like anyone could be a summoner? Why do all the summoners so. look like summoner? Well, I mean, when you know, it's like any job where there's a required uniform. Okay, all right. That's like, just, instead of I just like, wasn't sure, like welcome to McDonald's. Here's your apron. It's like welcome to a summoner. We're gonna dye you white. You're going to grow your hair out and we're going to paint you. Oh, and then just another thing. It turns out death is not dead. No. Yeah. He, he is did now become a vampire. Queen of the vampires. Well, queen. Oh, you don't buy that storm crush, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's laid on pretty thick. <laughs> He's already wearing that pup play mask. Right. I'm she sure knows what she was doing those, with puppies. He has like a tail butt plug in. Right. <laughs> Look at me wag my tail. Oh, uh, you know one thing I miss about not living in Chicago? One thing. IML. What? Yeah. Yeah. Remember IML? Like yeah. once a year you could just go and just watch the most depraved, fucked up See the SNM things. Yeah. The craziest thing I saw at IML is they were handing out IML t-shirts and somebody twisted the t-shirt into a point lubed it up and stuck it up his ass and was walking around with half a t-shirt coming out of his ass and i just yes. thought that was so clever it was so clever <laughs> look at me wag my tail um and that's the x-men my friends that is the x-men my friends well done so let's talk about the uh what's next oh the wait there's one other th i forgot one other thing oh no giga 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 come on <laughs> I know I'm awful, but um, but we got to get some other comics in. Wait, no, 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 no! I want to talk about the Reign of X teaser image. Oh, right, right, right! Yes. So uh, they released a like right on Twitter, like an hour after Destruction dropped. They're like, and here's what's next. Um, we've got a lot. So it's a montage of images that are somehow suggesting what future storylines are going to be in the X books. There's a lot of interesting things here, if I may. We've got I some think... villains. Where do we want to start? Are you going to talk about um, just that big montage image? Yeah, I want to talk about the people smiling in the back. All those faces smiling in the background. Is that... Okay, is that one big mouth smiling? Is that the King, King Brood guy? No, that's the Shadow King. Oh, is that the Shadow King? Yeah, baby. Oh, so we're finally going to address why the fuck yep. Farouk is was is there. Was there, yeah. Um, we, we see have, Arcade. I love a good Arcade, arcade. I love Arcade, right? Um, so excited. Who are those things? Who are those, like, that owl red eyes in the background? That's Is that Taren the Uncaring, the, the scary mutant from Hellions that we just met? Yes. Okay. 
And then what is this guy? Is this Quentin Quire like vomiting? That's, looks like Quentin come with energy coming out of his. He's vomiting mouth. energy, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, it looks like Angel and Monet are gonna fuck. Yeah, and looks like they're struggling with their dual identities, and they're gonna use ter- that to turning into sharp to monsters. Yeah, and maybe that's some X Corp stuff. We're supposed to get X Corp, X Corporation, right. starring we- them. We have Emma Frost holding a letter with H on it. I know what that is. What is that? That's an invitation to the Hellfire Gala. Oh, oh, right, yes. right, right. And then is that Jim Jasper's behind her? Yeah, Jim Jasper's behind her, and look who's underneath him. And that's, is that Legion? Yes. <laughs> you're saying that like you're disappointed. I'm just like, oh, no. Like, Legion's a big deal. Well, here's the thing is the last time Legion was really not not besides a data page, but the last time Legion was uh, talked about was when he erased himself from existence. But he does show up in the House of X data page as an Omega level mutant. My only thing is Myra, he could have been erased from existence, but Myra would still remember him. And know that he's still there. So is he still erased from existence and she just put, she's like, put this guy Legion because he's he's the thing. Wasn't he in Age of X-Men? Yeah, but I thought, he was a big part I, of it. I thought when he erased himself from existence, that was after that. Oh, I don't know. Research required. Um, Is that, that looks like Diamond. Uh, that looks like the, that L- Logan. What was, remember when him and Emma Frost joined together? Oh, um. Diamond, Diamond patch. patch. <laughs> yeah. So Logan's dressed up in a tuxedo. Who's that guy behind him? I've seen him. He's like old school, an old school character. Um, I apologize. I must be looking at a cropped version. Oh, here we go. Oh, that's Maverick. Um, right. Yeah. From Weapon X. Oh, okay. So yep. there's Weapon X stuff. There's yep. going to be more of uh, Doug and his marriage. We've got Nimrod showing up, which supposedly, oh, supposedly they stopped Nimrod from forming. Yeah. So this is supposedly. going to be interesting. We got Nightcrawler forming his new religion, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. He's just him. playing that R.E.M. song, Losing My Religion, over and over mm-hmm. again. That's him in the corner. And then we got, of course, Wolverine and Sync and yep. uh, coming out of the vault. And then is and then we got the sword uh, yep. ship. This is a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit. A lot of shit. And also, uh, two other things. Who are those people behind Scott and Gene? Looks like they might be leading a team. Is Maybe that Scott the and Gene are like, oh, hey, there's assuming, something to this X-Men that, thing. Is that the Children of the Atom? Oh, maybe. Remember that, that book? Oh, that, yeah. That book is supposed to be released in like January. Oh, hell yeah. And then the only other thing is up by Arcade and Quentin, we've got a deck of playing cards, which... I was just assuming that was uh, Arcade. Yeah. Oh, we also have Storm. Oh, looking, holding some sort of big black diamond. Looking at a black diamond. Yep. Can't wait. No, what the dawn I think comes the rain. No, what I think would be interesting. Someone what? needs to get a secondary mutation again. I think Why? that would be a fun twist. Oh, just just do chimeras instead. <laughs> I'm excited for all of this. Me too. 
Well, there are other comic books out there, Evil Jeff. That's right. And we're going to talk about them now. Hit it. You gotta get a comic if you wanna get ahead. What else did you read? So there's another event happening in the world of Marvel that you and I really are not paying any attention to. Why would we? It is Outlawed. Um, the whole I read the banning... first Champions. Oh, you did? Yeah. How was that? Uh, let's just say okay. I haven't read another one. Well, I haven't read any of them, um, and I certainly won't now after that horrible review. Uh, but there is a side book that features one of my favorite Marvel teams of all time. So I've picked it up, and I am very, very excited about it. I, of course, am talking about Power Pack. Now, are they adults, though? Yes. So, yes. So it's all about Julie and uh, Alex coming back home from where they were. Alex talks about space a lot because he was with Future Foundation. Now, wasn't one of them de-aged in in, uh, Runaways? Yeah, Julie was de-aged, right? And then, but I didn't, I don't remember what happened after that. But then Alex was aged artificially um, from his adventures in space. So he's like, like Jack says to him, Something about, you know, him being older now because he was aged artificially by aliens. And Alex is like, it wasn't aliens. Um, so it's about them. So th- and Katie's grown up. Jack has grown up. So they're they're all slightly older. But they're still too young to be superheroes. Yeah, exactly. And therefore they can't be superheroing. Therefore they're outlawed. Yeah, because of Kamala's law, which is the law saying teenagers can't be superheroes. The thing that kills me is there's so much... So Ryan North writes this. Nico Leone draws it. Uh, Ryan North opens it with Katie created a comic book. And so it opens with her comic book. So it's like five-year-old drawings and five-year-old speech bubbles. It's adorable. She's probably eight by now, though. Eight-year-old drawings, eight-year-old speech bubbles. Um, Where she's going to give this comic book to their parents as an anniversary gift. And in the comic book, she comes out as a superhero and outs her siblings. And they're like, no, 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 you can't give this to them. Oh my God. No, you can't tell them. I like, thought they the need, parents they, already they can't knew. Know. So I'm like, I thought the parents already knew. And I went back to Inferno. Oh, did they get, did they which forget? is where they found out. Yeah. And that ends with Gossamer re-making them forget. Oh. Now, the reason I bring up Inferno is because the villain that Power Pack has to fight in the beginning of this issue, after having dinner with the parents and sneaking out, is the villain from their Inferno tie-in book, The Boogeyman. How fun. I was like, oh my God. They reference Inferno. Uh, they fight him, and while they're fighting him, they get surrounded and and um, likely arrested. Ooh. They establish also that Julie, and I think this was also in the Future Foundation book, because she was with them too, right? Uh-huh. Wait, what was the book where Julie meets well, Bucky, she wasn't the with, female she, Bucky? 
she was in the Future Foundation when the Fantastic Four already went back to Earth, and then they were, and then all the kids were still there. Yes, and then they came and hung out with all the kids. That's when she joined up with them. Yeah, and that's when she met Ricky Barnes, the Bucky from the Heroes Reborn yes. universe, yes. and she references Ricky and says they're still dating. Yes. So anyway, I really love the Power Pack Kids. Um, I'm really enjoying this book because it harkens back to the Inferno era and kind of what they had going on and like what they felt like back then um, and has rejuvenated it for today. Lovely. It's lovely. I recommend you pick it up. Maybe I will. They're good kids. And I never realized this. They recap their origin story in the beginning and you know they like they were fighting those lizard aliens the snarks and then their horse alien friend showed up and fought them and like and while he was dying he gave the kids their powers the horse's name is whitey and i'm like i don't think we can could call people that because <laughs> they're like and then a hero came and his name was whitey i was like ooh, don't like that line <laughs> it was a different time it was it was Wednesday. <laughs> oh my god. Um I read something that wasn't Marvel. Oh. And I will say it used to be if you wanted to go to great comics, which you still can, you would turn to Image. If you didn't want DC or Marvel, you went to Image for the most groundbreaking new thing. And I feel another comic a company is basically upped their game and told Image, hey, you're not the only kid on the block. And that is Boom Comics. Boom Studios. Boom Completely Studios. agree. Killing they it. They are killing it. And I just decided to read another Boom Studios one called The Unkindness of Ravens. Ooh. And Raven is what is a term for a witch that is, was able to escape death during the Salem Witch Trials. So the ones oh. that escaped their demise were called ravens. And it opens with, uh, basically, there's a library that's just is marking and keeping the history of all of the witches and, and their brethren throughout through, from the Salem witch trials to now and keeping tracks of all of them. And it basically just picks up in a high school and this new girl shows up whose father used to live in this town so clearly she has roots there that she's unaware of. And when she shows up, everyone's like, you look like this girl that just went missing. And of course, she mentions that she her sister died when she was younger. So I'm assuming that's probably her sister and she's not dead. But sure. anyway, um, but it looks like there's the popular girls who I think are a coven of witches. And then there's all these goth punk girls that are another coven of witches and they're like enemies. And both of them are trying to recruit the new girl. And so it's basically like them trying to recruit the new girl and the new girl's like, what is going on with this witchcraft stuff? It's fun. It's fun. That's fun. It's very like Buffy, but with just purely witches. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to pick that up. I highly you recommend can't, You it. can't go wrong with new Boom Studios books, honestly. Yeah. They're great. And I love bitchy female characters with powers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the women kind of my thing. It's all women. It's all all the men characters are very subservient to the female characters. 
Like it's literally the men are the second class citizens and the women rule the roost in this town. Which, you know, I'm all for. Me too. But that's the comics that I've been reading. I love that. Evil Jeff, there's a lot of TV and movies out there that we are watching. So hit it. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. So I want to just have like a general, like, I just want to ask you. Okay. So first of all, gay boy to gay boy. Yes. Are you watching The Undoing? What's The Undoing? Oh, Evil Jeff! What? Oh my God. Where is The that? Undoing, it's on HBO Max. It's Nicole, I mean, it's Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, is that what that's called? No, everyone said it was really boring. Is it good? What? Someone, I read a review and they're like, this is the snooziest, like nothing is happening. That but is this was like maybe first Incorrect. Is it really good? It is so good. It is the most tawdry thriller. It is a tawdry, is a tight tawdry thriller. <laughs> and it's All right, I'll like, watch it. Honestly, if you're a gay man, you need to be watching. <laughs> a gay man, is there just, gay plots in it? Or No. Oh, okay. Just oh, okay. No, it's just Nicole Kidman and, and it's set in Manhattan and it's she's friends with like all the other mothers at the rich kids school that she sent she and Hugh Grant send their kids to. And it's her and her friends. One of them is Lily Rabe from American Horror Story. Yes, I remember that from the trailers. And she's... So basically, like, they're having a fundraiser for the school, and she's on the fundraising committee. And it's other, like, real housewife-type rich Manhattan ladies. And they have to get together and plan this fundraiser. There's also some... Um, stu- you know, it's, it's, it's a, a mixed school, so there's students from um, lower-income families... And a mother from a lower income family shows up to this like fundraising meeting. Clearly doesn't fit in. She starts breastfeeding her baby like right at the meeting. And like oh, Lily yes. Rabe is like, what the hell are you doing? Like Lily Rabe's like drinking white wine, watching this woman breastfeed. Like what the hell are you doing? Um, long story short, the woman is murdered. What? Yes. They're like, we and, can't and have then this bitch breastfeeding. We have it to just goes, it just goes berserk from there. It's very good. And so tonight's the season finale. We're recording this Sunday, season finale. Oh, Freaking out. I want to ask you also, have you watched Raised by Wolves? I refuse. Why? Because I just... Should I watch I, it? I don't... It's I'm, I'm kind of done with post-apocalyptic future dystopia... Like, I really don't want to watch a robot raising humans. I don't care. Yeah, I don't either. That's why I haven't I don't it on. care. And I read the plot of the first episode where it's literally you're just watching all the babies be murdered one by one. Like, get killed one by one. And I'm like, no. Oh. Oh, you know what show I had to turn off because it was, like, just too violent and, like, but stupid violent? Like, I can, like, I just... It was clear what kind of mind was writing the show. And I was like, oh, you're not quite there. I don't like it. What? Uh, Ut- Utopia on Amazon Prime. Oh, I refuse to watch that too. Not good. Not good. Isn't Canceled that about like also. a pandemic virus thing? Yeah. And it's like comic no. books predict the pandemic. No, thank you. Oh, that's stupid. And I'm over John Cusack. Me too. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. 
Um, I'm in the mood for more holiday Yuletide stuff. Have you started holiday watching at all? I have. And I watched. And my brain, once again, I have no short-term memory. I can never remember the Kristen Stewart, Dan Levy. Oh, Happiest Season. Happiest Season. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it. It is so good, Brett. Now, when you're watching a holiday gay um, rom-com, your initial thought is, this is going to be hot garbage. Because most gay movies are hot garbage. Most Christmas movies are hot garbage. Most rom-coms are hot garbage. However, this is written uh, by Clea Duvall. Wait, really? And directed by Clea Duvall. Oh, wow. From, uh, who's been in a million Veep. things. Um, yeah, she's Can't the hardly wait. Veep. Can't hardly wait. The faculty. <laughs> the faculty. Um, uh, she was the mean oh, artist girl. Oh, but I'm a cheerleader. Girl. Yes, the mean artist girl. And, and she's all that. Clea Duvall is ep- 90s epic. But she also co-wrote it with this other comedian, Mary Holland, who was a big UCB improver. And she also oh. was on Veep. She played um, she played the really bitchy uh, woman that ended up marrying, that was going to marry, uh, what's the really tall idiot from Veep? Yeah, uh, Jonah. She was played someone that was supposed to marry him before he married his cousin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, this girl, Mary Holland, she's really funny and she plays one of the sisters and she co-wrote it and it is just funny. It is sweet. It's heartwarming. It's just very well written. Like I was just, so really watch that one. Cause I was like, that one just fucking set the bar really high. It's very good. Okay. I will. Have you, have you watched another Christmas one? Um, I started watching Dash and Lily, the series on Netflix. Um, it's it it's really cute. The reason I started watching it is because when Jeff and I saw Be More Chill on Broadway, there was an understudy in for one of the main characters, and we absolutely fell in love with the actor. Um, and so he is on he's he's a supporting character on Dash and Lily. He's Lily's brother. So we're like, oh, Troy Awada is in Dash and Lily. Let's watch it, and it's adorable. You know, it's like a it's a holiday romantic comedy, you know, about a cute young straight couple, which I hate, but the straight it's well done, but it's cute and it's well done. And it's like, it's so Manhattan. It's so New York. Now I'm just going to ask because I have no idea what it's about by any chance. Do they hate each other at the beginning? Yes. Well, I guess I'm watching. No, 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 no. Um, no, I don't know because they actually don't meet in the beginning. So it opens with dash is in the strand bookstore and he finds this like unmarked little notebook and he opens it up and it's like basically a series of clues like, Hey, if you want to meet me, follow the clues. And so he Ah, does like Amelie. Yeah. And so they just met where I am in the program. But he hates Christmas, and she loves Christmas. So what do you think's going to happen? Oh, no. They're going to fight about Christmas, and they're going to hate each other. And then love each other. Um, I've talked about this series previously, but I just want to throw it out, because actually, since I've started watching it, it has become this huge international hit. What? Um, It's called Cherry Magic. It is the one, the Japanese show, where if you are a... Yes, if you are a virgin until you are the age of 30, um, you suddenly get telepathic powers. 
It's so amazing. And of course, this guy who's the shy boy in the office, he finds out the hottest guy in the office by reading his mind is in love with him. And it's basically like the story of their romance. And it is the sweetest, most adorable. It is literally like just, it's it's the visual version of Cotton Candy. And I, it just, you can't just not smile while watching it. It is so cute and sweet. Incredible. So I highly, Cherry Magic. Virgin Cherry Magic. Magic, what? All right, um, well now there's one show that we want to hone in on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, um, some of my favorite shows are 30 Rock. Yep. Um, Kimmy Schmidt. Yep. And Great News. And they yes. all have the same feel because they're written by Tracy Wigfield and they're and and they're basically the 30 Rock creators created all of these shows. And there's a certain type of comedy and joke writing that it just it literally taps into my soul and makes me happy. And of course, their newest thing that they're writing is something called What Brett? Saved by the Bell. <laughs> A uh, it... Saved by the Bell reboot, which basically on all situations should be dead in the water. You know oh, what it's I mean? Kind of, and it's, it's happened before, right? We had the With college the years, the new class, like... 90210 reboot, canceled. Yeah, but this because it is cut from that 30 rock cloth is so surprisingly fucking amazing. It is amazing. It's the perfect amount of, it's the perfect amount of the mix of the 30 rock comedy and the nostalgia of what saved by the bell was. And like 30 rocks commentary on what saved by the bell was like, and, it's so self-aware and it's updated where instead of it being, cause instead of Zach Morris, his son is Mac Morris, but yes. instead of him being the person that breaks the fourth wall, it is actually the let the Latin X main character who's a girl. She's the one that breaks the fourth. She's wall. the one with the timeout powers. That yes. Zach Morris and used which to, used is just, and it's one of those things where it's like, if this was just done in the show, you'd be like, this is so stupid. Be- but because it happened in the original Saved by the Bell, you're like, of course this works. Of course, yeah. it's perfect. And it, I think we also have to talk about just the the beauty of like how you handle adding a trans person to a cast. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the best done handlings of it. Where they literally mentioned one line, it seamlessly fit the plot, it seamlessly explained why she's trans and also why she's popular, is because they made a reality TV show about her, and now she's the most popular girl in school. It's brilliant. Brilliant. It's so brilliant. Yeah. And the nostalgia piece of me, because Saved by the Bell was very mean. Like, I was raised by the show Saved by the Bell. Oh, <laughs> like, me too. Oh, Saved honey, by the Bell and the Simpsons. Me like, raised too. Me. Yeah. Every Saturday I was watching oh, that God. show. Uh I mean Zach Morris was like big sexual awakening of mine. Like Oh, but here, so, so you were you was, were you a Zach guy or were you I was a, a Slater? Guy. I yeah. see my well, thing was, was my thing is I wanted Zach's head on Slater's body. Yeah. But Zach's body though, when they like like the Stacy Carosi era, like when they had summer jobs, like Or the one where Zach he, was shirtless. where they do the <sighs> dance with the tank tops on. Yes. Which I see in a trailer they're going to revisit that in the re- in in the reboot. Oh yeah. They're going to re- they're going to revisit the Friends Forever performance. Oh my god. So it picks up with Zach Morris is the governor of California, which 
I like I, I told this to my friends from Chicago. I was telling them about the show, and they're like, "No, Jesse Spano should be governor." And I'm like, "It's kind of the thing that." Like entitlement and people getting what they don't deserve is kind of the theme the of the show. And yeah. also, Jesse Spano's character is she's playing like the problem of like what happens when a millennial, when she just believes that everything you do is right and you tell your children that everything they do is amazing. Like, she's yeah. actually like a cautionary tale. Yes. Of like, you end up just being. A counselor and your kid is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but she has written many books. Jesse Spano. Uh, Zach is married to Kelly. So Kelly is the first lady of California. And she still, you can tell, still has her moral compass. Um, and so the point of the show is that Zach, as governor, inadvertently shut down a bunch of schools because he stripped away the budget for um, education, public education, because he didn't know how to balance a budget. <laughs> And so he ruined public education. And so a bunch of kids from an inner city school that was shut down have to go to Bayside now. Um, so it's the poor and the rich. So it's the poor and the rich. It's the privilege, it's the haves and the have nots. There's a great line um, where, uh, what's the main girl's name? The Latina girl who is now our kind of our new Zach Morris. Um, her name, give me one second. I pulled up the IMDB to get Daisy. Daisy. Daisy is talking to Zach's son, Mac Morris, who goes to Bayside and is played by Mitchell Hoog, which if you haven't Googled Mitchell Hoog, I urge you to do so. Uh, and there's he's, he's like, basically a Ken doll. Yes. Um, very queer, too, though. Like um, he's gay. I think so. In his in his interviews, makeup, earrings, um, long, flowy outfits. So I'm kind of but hoping he's at least gender mouth? fluid. Well, I'm there are. You've mouth. only seen the first episode, right? Yes. There's definitely a very like the whole idea of diversity and everything is very like no one is even though they're like. There's no homophobia, no transphobia like that just doesn't even, even though they're the popular yeah. kids that just does not even compute in any of their minds. It's so great. It's, it's such a hyper-inclusive show, and I think that's part of the surprising beauty of it. Anyway, the line is like, he's like, yeah, just take out your, you know, your smartphone, your smartphone, and she's like, I don't have a smart... He's like, don't have? <laughs> what is don't have? And the best it's is so not only funny. does she not have a smartphone, she literally has a phone from like 1992. She's got Zach's phone. She's yes. got Zach Morris's phone from 1992. Uh, it's so funny. And it's just like, it's for fans of the original. But it speaks to basically like our kids. Because <laughs> yes. well, you and I don't have any, but if we did. I will say there is one problem and I think they need to figure it out because I love that all of the original cast is there. However, I love you, Elizabeth Berkeley, but she does not know how to deliver this type of comedy as well as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a few later episodes and there's some scenes where she's more of the main plot and she's doing some of those jokes. And I'm like, mm, they need to figure out how to write. They need to re-examine. Write for her. 
how to write for her and yeah. and because she can't deliver those types of jokes. She just doesn't yeah. she's just not that type of actress. But I still love it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Highly Watch recommend. Watch Saved by the Bell, everybody. Watch Saved by the Bell. And uh, if you're saying, in- why are you talking about this? The girl can stop time and talk into a camera, so she has superpowers. Thank so you. So that's why we could talk. She about has it. superpowers, and that's why it's okay <laughs> to talk about it on this show. Speaking of the show, I think that's a wrap on episode 158. Yeah. My God. Um, thank you so much for right, listening. Because I'm saved by the bell. It's all right. <laughs> uh, God, what an icon. What an iconic institution that show is and was. Um, listen, if you enjoyed this show, please let the internet know by writing us a review, giving us a healthy rating, um, and telling your friends to subscribe. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Um, please do. Please do so much. Uh, we are having so much fun. Um, episode 200 is right around the corner. Oh, fuck. Oh Not right around the corner. Nah, it's a big corner. Um, Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, we're going to get into the spirit of December and the holidays. We're going to do some best of lists soon, right, Evil Jeff? Oh, God, my memory. I don't remember what I did last week. How am I going to remember what happened this past year? I need to keep notes. How will Evil Jeff remember <laughs> enough to do a proper uh, best my, of list? Uh, my best Tune of in list, next week. My best list of lists will all be from... Past, like, December. I really liked Excalibur number 15. It was my number one issue of 2020. Okay, girl. Um, you don't need to be queer to listen to the show, but if you read comic books, well, uh, I got some news for you. If you read comic books, well, that makes you queer. queer. Bye. Bye. Bye.